The trade market has been set for the upcoming NHL trade deadline, which is just over a month away. But let's ask the question, do the Panthers have to add at the deadline? Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers Podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez from the Hockey News. You can follow me on X at Monoman12. Follow the show account on X and Instagram at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And shout out to the everydayers who come back here and get your daily Florida Panthers fix. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKDOWNHL to get up to a $100 match on your deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's Terms of Use for details. So this is a conversation that I wanted to have with all of you based on really how the Panthers are looking ahead as far as when they and if they are looking to add because according to Money Puck, 99.9% chance of making the postseason. Better position, more comfortable. So now you don't have to be in that position where you're scratching and clawing and even have that anxiety of whether whether this team is going to make the postseason, relying on other teams to, to lose. The only team you really have to worry, worry on if they lose is the Boston Bruins, really, if you are look if you are thinking about the top spot in the Atlantic. But really, for me, I'm not looking too much into that as far as just the Panthers going into the postseason and just being healthy and ha- putting up the best possible lineup to make a deep playoff run, which also the Boston Bruins also have the toughest remaining schedule in the NHL. So who knows? Things could take care of themselves uh, for for the Panthers as far as the top spot in the division. The race is not over by any by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, let's go ahead and discuss more about the some of the moves that have been made right before All Star Weekend, even for for the NHL. And this is something that we've seen that is happening more and more, especially because the last few years we've been seeing it with the flat cap. I mean. 2020, 81.5, then 81.5 again due to COVID, and then only a slight um, rise last year in 82.5, and then 83 this year. And to think that with uh, the hard cap coming into play in 05-06 at 39 million, it's it's only doubled in the last 18 years, which you would expect more more growth as as, as far as exponentially as far as that, but COVID and bad TV deals will do that for you if you're the NHL. But as far as the trades that happen early, Elias Lindholm gets uh, gets traded from the Calgary Flames over to the Vancouver Canucks, which is a big ad. Doesn't look like that now. Looks like that they're out of the market for Jake Gensel, it seems, as Jake Gensel was rumored to, to be traded to the Vancouver Canucks, but looks like that Lindholm, excuse me, it is Lindholm that is the guy there. But 
right-handed shot centers. Those are guys that a lot of GMs love to have on, on their teams, just like right-handed defensemen as well. And traded to Vancouver Canucks for an unprotected first, a conditional fourth, Andre Kuzmenko, and two prospects, which Andre Kuzmenko is in the doghouse for Rick Tockett there as when he would play, he was part of the top power play when he was in the lineup, but then he would find himself a healthy scratch. So had to waive his no trade clause to go to Calgary, which Calgary has had a lot of flack for the market that it's in. If it's not winning, if the team is not winning, then it's hard for players to want to stay long-term. And him and Noah Hannafin have been part of some up and downs, ups and downs during their time in Calgary, which both of them were part of that trade that brought Dougie Hamilton and Adam Fox to Carolina, which Fox eventually forced himself to the New York Rangers. And there's this post about Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk's production going down once they were not on the same line as Elias Lindholm. But then Elias Lindholm's production also went down too. So I don't know what the point of that person's post was when I first saw it on X the other day. Uh, so that there's that as far as uh, Sean, Ma um, excuse me, Elias Lindholm. Uh, but definitely a big add as far as the depth uh, of the Vancouver Canucks as they're going for it this year. Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvine, uh, the talent was always there. They were up against the cap for so many years, but never put it together as far as coaching, the goaltending to coming together, which Dr. Demko, I know we spoke about the Olympics uh, yesterday, but Dr. Demko could be the starter for Team USA when the when the NHL does return to, to the Olympics as well. Sean Manahan. Uh, left-handed shot uh, center. He got his first 30-point season since 2020. Dealt with injuries, shortened season with COVID. And this is such great asset management by Kent Hughes of what he's been able to do the last few years since replacing Mark Bergevin. And got Sean Manahan from the Calgary Flames for a conditional first and then was able to up his value and then trade him and get a first. So... So you take on a salary, get a first, and then trade them and get a first as well. Something to keep track if you're uh, if you're looking at the conditions of the first round pick that Montreal did get for taking on Sean Manahan. Depending on where that draft pick falls, it could be the Montreal Canadiens taking Florida's 2025 first round pick from the Matthew Kachuk trade based on the conditions of Sean Manahan being traded to the Montreal Canadiens. So chances are that could end up going to Montreal if you look at the conditions which everyone has access to on cap friendly as well. But also Kenton Hughes doing a great job as far as using the assets that he got in the three team three way deal with in the trade between San Jose and Pittsburgh got flipped quite a few of those pieces as well. For example, on the top of my head, Casey DeSmith, they were able to get, get trade him to Vancouver and get Tanner Pearson out of, out of it as well. So, Using those, using being the third team in a trade and using that, using those assets to create something, that's just great uh, asset management as well for the for the Montreal Canadiens. But as far as market and how it's been, let's go back to last year when the Horvat trade got done between the Vancouver Canucks and the New York Islanders. That was on January thirtieth, just a few days before All Star Weekend in Sunrise uh, last year. And just a few days later, Vlad Tarasenko, uh, excuse me, not a few days later, about a week later, excuse me, on February 9th, gets traded to the New York Rangers, which made eventually made the Patrick Kane trade a little bit more difficult to conduct. But 
he found a way, which we'll go back to Patrick Kane uh, a little bit later, later in the show, which we'll find a way to relate it to the Florida Panthers and their and history of trades. Uh, and let's not forget, trade deadline was March 3rd last year. A lot of these deals got done. Ryan O'Reilly trade to Toronto happened on the 17th of February. Orloff to Boston happened on the 23rd. Barbershev to um, Vegas and Timo Meyer to New Jersey both happened on the 26th. Patrick Kane later on to New York, which trying to do math in my head, 19 days after the Tarasenko trade, that's when Patrick Kane uh, was part of the New York, um, New York Rangers. Excuse me. So, the the it just goes to show that once again, when we do get to the March eighth trade deadline, which that's this year's deadline, that there are not going to be there's not going to be GMs running up to the podium last minute as as much as we'd want them to, as far as the big names getting traded, because with a lot of teams, especially the contenders, being so up against the cap, it's it you want to get it out of the way. And the market is set as far as what what the value is for guys like Elias Lindholm and and Sean Monahan, and if a guy's like an Adam Henrique, who's a little bit on the older side as well, it's going to be a little bit more difficult if you're the Florida Panthers to go after someone like an Adam Henrique as well, or if you want to go after guys like an Anthony Mantha or a Jordan Eberle. Um, and I'm just thinking about guys who are on teams that are likely selling this year. And also, even though the Florida Panthers do have 5.7 in deadline cap space, uh, I believe that Bill Zito is going to find a way to be creative when it when it comes to when it comes to if he does in fact pull the trigger on a move, which we saw how he didn't do one last year, where you didn't know where the Panthers were at with with the biggest trade piece for the Panthers at the time was Radko Gudis. And to get a third or fifth for it, something like that. But then you saw how betting on the team, which, hey, a Brad Marchand breakaway from, from it ending so early as well. But don't know how the next trade deadline will be, but with the rise of over $4 million, the, the, this it's either, I don't, I don't know which way it's going to go in future years as far as getting it done early, but there's more breathing room. But also during the summer, that means that once free agency comes to play, that guy, that GMs are going to be spending right away to get the guys that they want. And this is going to be the biggest rise of the cap since 2014, 2015 which is also coming shortly after a lockout, which money was prorated in 2013. Let's also not forget that even though the salary cap was 64 million, you were able to spend up to um, 70 million due to the lockout season as, as well. But we're going to transition over to segment number two, where we're going to discuss more about if the Panthers should add at the trade deadline. We're going to discuss that and more here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. And happy Super Bowl Sunday to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing 
some super bets. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end up this, end the season with a dub or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win the Super Bowl, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. And maybe they might even have a bet for over-unders on how many times they show Taylor Swift on the broadcast too. You never know. You could bet that all on FanDuel. New customers, join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more win. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national show shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Back on this Tuesday, February 6th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Thank you once again for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day here on a Tuesday. And also, when it comes to trade deadline and whether the Panthers need to do an ad for this group of guys, it's funny because even going back to 2022 and when they were on their way to winning the President's Trophy and having home ice throughout the whole postseason, I always said that every ad for the Panthers is is just a cherry on top and icing on the cake when it when it came to that year. Obviously, the Panthers went for it, trade for Claude Drew, which he forced himself to Florida, which the choices were Colorado and Florida. But with the leverage and him using the clauses in his contract, hey, he found a way to Florida, and that created all the leverage for Bill Zito to not give, at the time, Chuck Fletcher, Fletcher which former Panthers assistant GM, any um, any of the leverage there and the return at the time seemed for the Flyers didn't look as good as, as it does now, which we'll discuss more in segment number three. But Patrick Kane did the same thing as far as using his leverage and his clauses to force his way to the New York Rangers as well. And this is the thing about going for it and also clearing some of the mess when it comes to a previous regime as well. I mean, you got to be creative if you're Bill Zito, if you're trying to still sell some assets in order to bring someone in because you're going to have to probably sell off a 2027 uh, pick as well. I mean, Kevin Dayoff did it for the Sean Monaghan trade, uh, GM of the Winnipeg Jets. Is Do you think he's sleeping over losing that pick? No way. Bill Zito wasn't losing sleep over trading a second round pick to get rid of Anton Strawman's contract. Does it looking at cat friendly? Does it, does it give you a little bit of a pain in the heart as a fan? Yes, but you're not going to build this champion, um, a championship team and extend a window. If Strawman's contract was still on the books for the Panthers too. So let's also consider that when, when it comes to that. And Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins was talking about how the foundation of the Dolphins about building through the draft and continuing to put the building blocks through different coaching regimes 
But the Panthers, it's crazy because they're the exact opposite uh, of that, where basically only three players on the on the current roster were drafted by the Panthers and continued on. If you want to count Dmitry Kulikov, who what was drafted by the Panthers, left and then came back. I mean, if you want to count them him, then you could put four there as well. But really about using your assets wisely in order to not only trade for guys, but extend them too. I mean, look at the amount of guys that Bill Zito has been able to retain. Sam Bennett, Sam Reinhart, Brandon Montour, just to name a few. And it's just really about using using those to your advantage. And also, when it's resulting in wins, there could be another situation where you can get another Claude Drew situation where someone might not want to might want to force their way to the Panthers as well. Obviously the two biggest two of the biggest trade pieces are off the board now for for the in, in the league. So that's going to be a little harder. So the chances of that happening are not as high as they were a few years ago for the Panthers for the Panthers as far as someone trying to force their way to Florida. And also the Panthers do have to make the money to make the money work too. It's a little harder now than it was a few years ago as well. And with sellers, let's also not forget. I said this back in 2021. I will say this again in 2024. The sellers have an opportunity to manipulate buyers into giving more what they want. Because the sellers, they know where they're going to land. They're going to land in the lottery. There, there's no guarantee that all that they all that one of them gets the number one overall pick. They could, as long as they're in that lottery, they have a chance. Even if it says two percent, uh, you still have that chance. So if you know damn well that you're not going to be in the postseason, and with the cap not rising until next year, then you are you still have that negotiating power is saying you want this guy give us a first even though if the cap were to rise if covid excuse me if covid were never a thing and the cap were to rise three to four million every year since 2020 we're not seeing as uh, obviously we're not seeing as much retained salary and that means that means that we're not seeing this much of first round picks being traded at, at, as well for as far as the sell- sellers trying to manipulate the the buyers as well so the sellers in actuality have the power here when it, when it comes to that and what are the panthers willing to give up as well and again, the things think you you think about the way this roster is built, which, as far as depth, this is the greatest depth that we've seen in the last in this era of the Panthers, maybe ever. You have Mahura as your seventh defenseman who played all eighty-two games last year. Stephen Lawrence, who brings the physicality 
and can fit in at fourth line center if you need Kevin Stenlin to move up. And the fact is, when you have Stephen Lawrence come in, you're seeing uh, chances are it's a ripple effect of Anton Lindell moving up to the top six because the coaching staff has so much trust in him to be there in the short term as well. And don't forget someone like Annette Lusteranen who has dual eligibility, can play center and can play wing too. So you have so many different options on the team. And let's also not forget there's also that chance that Mackie Semiskevich could be part of the playoff mix too. It's not a guarantee, but they could see that as a possible solution that the, the thing is the Panthers don't need to be desperate. That's the thing. And that's the beauty of where they are right now as far as being just over 20, uh, just over 30 days away from the trade deadline, which I don't like how late it is in the calendar uh, based on not having that much time between the trade deadline and the end of the regular season, which is also a good thing of why someone like uh, Patrick Alvin is making that trade for Elias Lindholm to get them into the mix and get them used used to a system of Rick Tockett's system right before the postseason. Same thing with Sean Monahan and, uh, and Rick Bonus's system too. So that's just because there's a deadline doesn't mean you can't, you can't pursue something uh, earlier. And, you know, also Zito think about the calculated risk when it, when it comes to this and, knowing when to step back, when to put all the chips forward and knowing that a, a deal could be the difference between closing a window and increasing one. Like for example, the Kajak trade that's that, that increases the window because of age and lower and not as much money. And more importantly, the fact that it lines up with Barkoff's contract as well. So, that's the that's another thing when it comes to looking into the future, even though that's still like seven years away, uh, which is awesome. You, you got you you have both of these guys locked in and don't have to worry about them. And you just get to focus on building around while the salary cap goes up and looks like that all the problems with money wise and escrow is hopefully a thing of the past. So it it's really gonna hopefully help the Panthers as far as just continuing to build. And there's going to be a cap clearing trade more, more than likely. If, if so, maybe someone in the minor leagues uh, is part of that initial trade that creates something else. Maybe Lucas Carlson, who likely won't find his way into the NHL roster uh, is maybe part of a trade piece that brings an asset. And then the Panthers use that asset to create another trade. Who knows? That could be something that, Bill Zito could, in fact, do. We're going to transition over to segment number three, where we are going to discuss more of tonight's game between the Florida Panthers and the Philadelphia Flyers as they make their first visit to Amherst Bank Arena. We're going to discuss that and more here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper, and we're past the halfway point of the season. Tonight is game number 50 for the Florida Panthers. 
And regardless of where they are in the standings, I want to remind you that you can win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for Daily Fantasy sports, especially Daily Fantasy Hockey, because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy contests. All you have to do is pick whether studs like Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby, Nathan McKinnon, or Sam Reinhart, if they will score more or less their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in a given game. To win a 100 times bet on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Cats fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Third and final segment here on this Tuesday, February 6th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Thank you once again for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day here on a Tuesday. So the Florida Panthers welcome in the Philadelphia Flyers for the first of three matchups. Yes. Florida Panthers, it took until this part of the calendar to have their first matchup against the Philadelphia Flyers. This one coming at, at home and the one, their other one actually will be a, on March 7th will actually be the day before the trade deadline, which will also be 2000s night as well. Uh, so that that will be way ahead uh, on March 7th. But uh, also the Florida Panthers announced that they will be celebrating Black History Month as well as the United United by Hockey will make its way to South Florida uh, later on in, in the month. Uh, I believe it's early March that they or late February or early March that the United by Hockey truck will also be making its way to South Florida as it's also made its way down here for the All-Star game as well. Got to, that got a chance to see it as, as well. But the Philadelphia Flyers are probably the biggest surprise in the NHL. If Rick Tockett it isn't doesn't win the Jack Adams. I think John Tortorella is a really close second in my opinion. And something that Jeff Merrick spoke about, not only on 32 thoughts, but his radio show spoke about how somebody like Owen Tippett, whose confidence was pretty shot when he was with the Florida Panthers, part of that Claude Drew trade, a lot of connections with Claude Drew. We're talking about Rick talking a lot uh, as, as well. <laughs> and uh, along with John Tortorella, and it's been a great partnership. Tortorella has that reputation of being hard on his players, not and also a lot of a lot of the new school hockey fans do, do, think that someone like John Tortorella might could be maybe out of touch with this generation as well, uh, and it's worked. It really, I, I remember during the last coaching cycle for the Panthers. We were thinking, we were thinking John Tortorella to the Panthers, and I and I was saying no, I don't know if I want that for for the Panthers. But look how it's fair; it's fair pretty well for the Philadelphia Flyers. I know they're on a five game losing streak right now, but I know and I know their goal differential is minus one, but overachieving for um, despite all that, and challenging guys like a Cam York went back to the minors, and then and then Cam York embracing the challenge, and then. A lot of praise from Torts as well. And also the early talks about someone like a Morgan Frost being a healthy scratch. And now he's part of the lineup for the Flyers as well. 
and it's a take it. Um, it it's either you can choose to take it or and uh, and come back better, or you can mope, mope about it as well. That's basically John Tortorella's logic there, and also not only him being there for another year. Um, we also saw that how Kevin Hayes didn't get along with them. And that was the kind of the filtering out of the old flyers that they had versus what they were trying to build right here. And Danny Briere, their GM was taking on a mess from Chuck Fletcher, the contracts of Rasmus Ristolainen as well. And having to trade a pick that he didn't draft in Cutter Gauthier, who didn't want to play for the flyers. And also, Thank, thankfully for them, they're able to get something back in a very promising defense prospect, right-handed shot too, in uh, Jamie Drysdale as well. And they're still in the top three. And it looks like the only way they'll miss the playoffs is if they fall out of that top three in the Metro because right now the last two wildcard spots are occupied by Atlantic Division teams. Just also goes to show how strong this division is. So the fact that the Panthers are in the top three as well also, you should be encouraged by how how the Panthers have played this year. And also some of the funny quotes that Torts has said. One of them being, does no cut or goate from hole in the wall? And just laying it out there, just like good riddance. And also, talk about how if, uh, if Jamie Drysdale and Cam York talk about hockey outside of the rink, and saying that it that he gets wet <laughs> when thinking about that and thinking, okay, Torts. <laughs> but hey, uh, he, he lives and breathes the game regardless of uh, our opinions of, of him and his, his hard-nosed style of coaching. And despite falling off a little bit and being on a five-game losing streak, which the Flyers and the Panthers are going in opposite directions, 17th, Toughest remaining strength of schedule, according to Tankathon, as well. So, but also because the Panthers, this is the first of three and 33 games left, we'll see plenty of Philly as far as the direction they're going in. Because now with the five game losing streak for Philly, this is the Flyers team that we were kind of expecting to see as far as maybe possibly dropping off, overachieving. And there's an elephant in the room uh, as far as Carter Hart not being there there with Samuel Urson now being the number one starter, getting a, himself an extension and maybe someone they want to transition with because we don't know if Carter Hart is going to play hockey ever again due to the investigation with Hockey Canada and the World Juniors, which during the, quickly during the press conference, we didn't really learn much about the latest updates, just them talking about it in person, but they, the London Police Department really couldn't lay out any details of anything. And next, the next step of this, this after the, after all the charges, nothing will, will we won't know anything until April thirtieth. So that's a quick update on the Hockey Canada uh, World Junior investigation as far as that. But as far as uh, ranks for the Flyers, second best PK in the league. That's going to be the key for the Panthers. But mostly every other category for the pan, for the Flyers is mediocre for the most part. Uh, goals for is 25th. Power play is poor at 13%. So that's 
that's big advantage for the Panthers penalty kill uh, on, on, on the night. And what's going to be key is how the Panthers and how the Flyers defend Sam Reinhart in that slot and how adjustments will be made if they're not able to get that triangle pass and get it to Sam Reinhart when they go on the man advantage. So scoring on the power play is going to be really key as far as, as that as well. And also for the Flyers, Sean Couturier is healthy, Selkie Trophy winner. Um, and that, and after missing a good part of last year, that is a big key to to the Flyers' success. Travis Konechny is leading the team in goals and points as well. So that's going to be a that's a big one as far as that as well as getting contributions there. And newly acquired Jamie Drysdale, like we mentioned earlier, he's on that top line with Travis Sanheim. And this is the thing. They extended Travis Sanheim, and he was in trade rumors last year as well. So we'll, we'll see how the transition is going to be from this part of the season to the as the Flyers themselves get to the trade deadline because Danny Briere said that they, they the mission is still rebuilding. So even if they're in the top three spot, are they going to still sell? We'll see. But... Big key for the Florida Panthers is to just make sure, <laughs> find a way to score when you go up on on the on the power play because that the, because they can the Philadelphia Flyers they can kill penalties and all, and Samuel Urson is seems to be someone that Philly is a real big fan of as far as as far as going forward with him as well. So. On tomorrow's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, we are going to be bringing in Jacob Winans for another edition of Winans Wednesday. Tomorrow's show, we will be breaking down the game between the Florida Panthers and the Philadelphia Flyers from Amaret Bank Arena. But in the meantime, if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time. The Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on the Locked On NHL Network, including Locked On NHL, Locked On Fantasy Hockey, Flip Livingstone, and Steel Roden, and Locked On NHL Prospects. Thank you once again for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. So, Armando Velez, signing off. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're your team every day. <laughs>